Today on the podcast, we interviewed Jayshree Dow Spielman for the second time. The first episode we had a conversation with her with was on soul ascension. And you can listen to that. It was episode 122. Really fascinating stuff and deeply spiritual. It's more of a felt experience, honestly. Uh, we did bring in some science in that past conversation, but this one is very similar. And uh, we got into the topic on a spiritual blueprint for yourself as well as fulfilling relationships. But quick bio, background on Jai Shri. She is a world-traveling spiritual mentor, mystic healer, musician, and yoga educator who empowers seekers, leaders, and healers to be grounded in sacred truth and sovereign relationships. She is the creator and lead teacher of the Soul Culture Yoga Certification School, as well as the creator and co-founder of the Soul Mapping Matrix which is a healing education academy. Jayashree is a published author and profound homeschooling mama. She talked about that a bit in her uh, this episode today. And together with her husband, Rasa, she offers couples mentorships, yoga and sound healing workshops, kirtans, retreats, homeschool empowerment, and podcasts. So a lot of stuff going on with her world. But uh, Chris, how did you experience this conversation? Well, she's always a pleasure to talk to you because like anytime we bring up any kind of topic, like she's it kind of fits well with our podcast. Like, I mean, you just kind of talk about things and like riff on stuff and then we'll just bring up a thing and then someone else will talk about something and then we'll go in a different way. And it's like very conversational, but also very like, like if if you're like listening, you're like, Oh, like I think about that stuff too, all the time. It's like that, like this episode's for you where it's like, we go in a lot of different ways. I'll touch on a lot of different topics. And, um, I, I had fun. Yeah. Like it popped around for a lot of different things, but really like at least the, there was like a thread for sure in terms of Definitely. what we talked about with the, there's literally a spiritual blueprint for yourself and for great relationships in your life and creating that. Um, but we also got into other topics. Like I remember toward the end was around like, what is power, you know, and how you can actually bring back your power and use it for your soul's purpose or your, what she would call like your blueprint, you know, like discovering yeah. that and creating that. Yeah. This is like one of those podcasts interviews and we've had this a few times before where towards the very end like i wanted to continue the conversation but we were running up on time right this has happened like a few times so you know it really got but lit towards the end yes <laughs> yeah so stay to the end for sure to capture that kind of fire because it really did build up to that for sure that's exactly how our first one was too i remember now Mm. We, we got on a topic at the very end and we were like, oh, we got to do that next time. And then we just, yeah, yeah. maybe because we, we also talked about having Jashree back on the podcast. We should schedule like two hours with her. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. But anyway, enjoy the episode. Yes. Enjoy the episode. Talk soon. Welcome to the science and spirituality podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. So welcome to another episode of the Science and Spirituality Podcast. We are joined together today with Jayshree Dow Spielman, who is here back the second for a second time, second time we're having her as a guest on our podcast. And if you're interested in listening to our first conversation, it was all the way back in 2022, in episode 122. So if you wanted to hear Jayshree's story and uh, how she got to be where she is today and the teacher that she is, but today we're going to get into an interesting topic on how relationships can be spiritual 
Uh, there's actually a spiritual blueprint, as you call it, Jai Shree. So I'm interested to hear your point of view on this, but welcome to the podcast first off. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. Kevin and Chris, you guys are a delight to be in the room with. Thank you. Thank you. Well, virtual room. I wish we could be in the same room. Honestly, like Chris and I record all these podcasts virtually. I think we did yeah. maybe one out of the last four years, like actually in person together. So maybe down the line, we'll have an actual studio and actually invite people in, but virtual room yeah. for sure. Yes. Virtual room. It's true. <laughs> in the psychic realm. In yes. the now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. I'd love to hear like what your point of view is, because this is the topic that you'd suggested and we've resonated with it deeply. So mm. what does it mean as like a spiritual blueprint? Like what's that versus say like a physical blueprint? Yeah. Oh, I love this topic. So a spiritual blueprint for fulfilling relationships, it's probably not what everyone would think, you know, um, in the world, I think everyone has been merging the reality that we're all much more transcendent than we know, right? That we're not just these physical bodies, but that we are souls. We are atmas, you would say in Sanskrit. And so we're made of the same thing that divinity is made of, right? So that's just like basic. We have earth and all these material elements, but we're relating to those material elements. Yeah. Yes. And I think, so most of us are experiencing since the pandemic and the veil coming down more and more, we're starting to get much more real with each other, right? Even ironically, Zoom is helping that because once that um, like nervousness of being around humans, it, it's like we're all unique and there's always a cringe factor. And that cringe factor, that elephant in the room is actually our genius. That's usually our genius. And so what I've come to love understanding and talking about and teaching is that that is because we're souls. That's because we're unique part and parcels of something that is eternal, that never goes away, and that we come into this life with to work with and heal. And it's not so much about, you know, the issue. It's about how we relate to the issue and then share that with each other. And that's what soul mapping is. It's a process for, you know, you and I rediscovering our actual bliss through this process of going through all the healing and the shadow work without it being too heavy, but by knowing that we've done this before and that we'll do it again and that it can be fun and it can be delicious, even though it's dark at times. Um, cause that's life. That's the duality of life. Right. It's deep. Mm -hmm. I appreciate <laughs> you diving in right away <laughs> so, so we can, go, we can what? navigate the depths. Cause I just, I, I, yeah, ahead, I just wanted to make a comment really quick about the, uh, uh, the zoom thing about the, the, I, don't, I forgot the mm -hmm. exact words you use, like the idiosyncrasies of people being on zoom and stuff. And I've, mm -hmm. I've noticed that working in corporate America, like you get it because you, you're actually in people's homes now. And it's like yep. dogs are barking and kids are crying. And like, yep. especially when people are on Zoom now, it's like, I guess in the beginning of the pandemic, people were still like dressing up and trying to like present themselves like in a way that might not be their true selves. But now it's like, I mean, I wear, I wear sweatpants. I wear a t-shirt on all my calls. It's yep. like, this is, this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I super appreciate that. Like personally, as this is what we were joking before, because my five-year-old is outside and I became a mom kind of later, but I always feel a little bit like, old because I want to be in person. Like I owned a yoga school and I've been traveling. I want to be with you guys like in the room, but like 
podcast is a little different, of course, because this is what this is what radio was, right? This is what interviewing is. It's the best. But everything's on a spectrum, everything. And um, I'll just share, like I went to the doctor the other day and I was checking into something. That's a whole other story. But we're sitting there and I'm asking him questions and he's like, oh, do you want me to talk about the lie? I'll talk about the lie. I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like praise, like let's do it because that's what it's giving us. It's giving us this in to realize like all humanity is human. Yes, there is normalcy, there are kids, there's sickness, there's disease, there's all these things. But at the same time, there's there's value. There's so much value. And I think it's super interesting to talk about cultural values versus spiritual values. And that's why I talk about a spiritual blueprint, because it's not an ideal of spirituality. It's not some perfection. It's the relationship to the ideals. Hmm. Just throwing that out there, but yeah. I mean, you were speaking to that before when you just opened this whole topic that it's not the issue, as you said before, or not what's going on, but it's how you relate to it that actually matters. Because at least in my experience or perception that it's, if if it is really true, which I believe it absolutely is, or not even believe, I just absolutely know that we are souls. We're not this body. We're not this human form that we come into to experience that being true. Then what is actually experience or going on in the human realm cannot be the thing. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that is experienced. And so as you develop more and more of that capacity to relate, and not in a way that's that's shoving it away because shoving it away just causes it to spin back around and you have to go yeah. through the lesson again. So Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. You guys, it's so fun to be with both of you because you're, of course, you're different. You're brothers and you have different souls and different personalities, but you're such a great combination um, because like every human being is going to come to earth as you're, this is why I hear you saying in, a, in another way, because I love your language. I love your language, but we're here to play out karma, which is right. not necessarily a great thing. Like we have these words in Sanskrit, you know, like unwanted tendencies are anarthas. They're against love, uh, you know, like against joy, against auspiciousness or whatever you deem divine personality to be our qualities but we're not just here to play those out we're we're here to play with each other we're literally here to be in relationship and so one way to talk about that is to unearth unveil you know shadow work painful things and yet nobody wants to do it and what i've this is really my thing right now. I'm really trying to help heal spiritual education through having the identity that we are all souls. But to do that, we have to realize that there's going to be some level of preaching or there's some level of religiosity or there's some level of belief, which is awesome. Like who wants to kill joy who wants to not have a relationship with the divine it's just that everyone's is different and so i love speaking in the language of someone's soul mm. and that is gonna vary obviously right um yeah since it does vary jai because 100 i agree then 
tell us, cause I wanted to hear more, just go deeper about like, what does it mean to have the spiritual blueprint for a fulfilling relationship? If it's so different for everyone, you know, like mm-hmm. how then we can relate, like maybe, cause I think like in terms of like principle or some terms that I find is like laws of the universe that we can at least like be confident in that. It's like, all right, this is going to work so that I can help navigate those depths, especially when it can get darker, like challenging because 100%. it absolutely will. It does. It does. Uh, so I'll share a little bit about, about this process called soul mapping because um, it came about so long ago and I'm not, I, I never wanted to call it a name. I was like, well, this is just life, right? I opened a yoga school in Ashtanga yoga. You have the, you know, the eight, it's the eight limbs or angas of yoga, one part of yoga, because there are many different parts of yoga. And yoga, by the way, of course, means to yoke or bring together. So we're bringing together the body and the mind, or we're bringing together the mind and the spirit. So you've got these rules and regulations in Ashtanga yoga, the yamas and niyamas. Great. Um, They can help you do many things. They can help you have health. They can help you have wealth. They can help you feel closer to you know, the universe, people, but then you have relationship. So we souls have relationship to each other, like to ourselves first, right? So I would say that's the first realm of soul mapping, you know, understanding, <laughs> they call it shadow work, but it's, it's truly understanding your unwanted tendencies, which ultimately is going to be the lie. What is the lie? I'm just calling it straight out. Like, it's, I, I have a friend who was young and he, he wrote this, uh, he was an actor and he, he had a morning show and he was like, steal this morning show. Like, yes, steal everything. Cause we're all, we're all working together in the same pot of wisdom, but whatever you're identifying with, it's going to be like heaven. Or it's going to be like hell right in the moment. So that first level of, all right, what am I dealing with? That's my awareness. Then can I shift in that minute? That's a pivot. That's a pivot in the moment. And that will lead to a better choice. Whatever we choose in life is going to be supported by rituals, rituals, right? Mm. Like we all do it. So like we were saying, showing up for Zoom meetings is a ritual. It became a ritual. So someone who's a super introvert is going to be able to start like speaking and sharing. And whatever happens, their vulnerability has to come out. Like that's just universal. So these universal principles will come up and show up. And then we take the tools of yoga. Now in soul mapping, I'll be honest, like I've traveled the world and lived a long life. So there's a lot of yoga. There's Ayurveda, diet and lifestyle. There's a lot of psychology because I've done a lot of therapy as many of us have. And so there's, you know, but it's also about understanding cultures, understanding different languages, understanding everyone's going to show up with their stuff. And that's that pivot of being triggered by someone else's stuff. And then after that, whatever your spirituality is, like if you connect with Jesus or Buddha or Judaism or Christianity or whatever the spiritual values are, if we can remember that and embody it, as you were saying so beautifully, you'll remember that you're part and parcel of everything. And then I can be a little more honest. I can be a little less violent. I can be a little less aggressive. Like the mindfulness aspects are so vital and I want to radiate that. That's the top level. I want to go out and expand that and attract that so I can like hang out with cool people. It's kind of like the selfless selfishness. I want to be happy, right? You want to have fun. You want to attract that, whatever your mood is and your vibration is. So 
naming things is the only way to heal that. That's the beginning. Um, finding the tools that work for someone, that would be the next step and like really understanding how they vibe and then making sure that that ritual becomes what you radiate, like using magic and devotion, I call it, using the tools of being uh, whatever the classic training you have or um, being pragmatic, being practical, business, like all that meets devotion. And once they truly are linked and together and they're like dancing with each other, it's a really good vibration and it can be utilized in, in any way, in any business venture, in any project, in any passion. And we're going to fall back down again anyway. So we need of course. to. It almost it sounds like, and again, we, Kev, we've talked about this a lot on our podcast as well. It's like the relationship that you have with others and with the world around you is it's it, it, the most important relationship is with yourself first because that's how you're going to end up relating to the things around you with everything and what i've noticed too like the more that i get you know i've been reading the bible a lot the more the more spiritual that i go the more the more in depth that i go into to learning about myself and about the world the more i tend to understand others too because once you realize yourself as a spiritual being who's having, you know, these issues and is struggling with things, you realize that everyone else is also very similar to you in, in the fact that they're a spiritual being and they're going to struggle with things that are happening on this physical plane, human things. And it kind of gives you that sense of being able to connect with them because you're like, oh, like you're not that much different than me. Mm, so important. That's such a beautiful way of saying it. And I think, and it's like, I was, you know what I thought of when you said that I was like, let's all share our favorite verse lately, you know, that we're working with, because it's true, like whether it's the Bible or it's Vedas, um, any kind of yoga, it's so cool. You, but here's, I'll bring something up fun. Um, it's really popular of course, right now to talk about, you know, opposites of like, you're an introvert or you're an extrovert or like all these personality scales, right. And, and, mm. and various parts of us, um, which is so cool. Everyone's like putting it out, putting it out there. And, and there's a lot of, um, cool information available. Um, embodying it, of course, is the next level. That's what kind of what we're talking about when I, yeah, that's it. But anyway, so, um, there's this, there's this, um, oh, see, I had a mom moment right there. That's called a mom moment when you forget <laughs> what you were going to say. <laughs> that happens to me. So I guess I have a lot just, of mom moments. <laughs> I just have to roll my head up into my, my eyeballs into my head and be like, uh -huh. yeah, no, it's real. You do have mom moments, right? Yeah. All the time. <laughs> um, I was saying introverts and extroverts and how Everyone is, oh, you know what? It'll come back to me in a second. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were going to go and ask us like, or, or me and Kevin introverts or extroverts. Tell me. I, I'm, I'm a total introvert. Total yeah. introvert. Even though even, I mean, and I don't know how many people would be listening to the podcast and be like, oh, like that totally makes sense. But like, I feel like putting yourself out there and putting your voice out there, you kind of assume that this person is like an extrovert, but it's for me, it's like the complete opposite. It's like, I, I. I need my alone time. And like, I don't like being in big crowds for too long. It like drains my energy unless I'm with like a core group of people that I really, really care about that like brings me life, but like in big mm. crowds and stuff or like in the mall or whatever, like I, it drains me super fast. I love it. 
How about you? How about I'm, you? I'm a extrovert, but mm-hmm. I've heard the term ambivert, if I'm correct <laughs> to say that it's both, but I'm very similar to Chris that like, and this is actually, I think has been more emphasized over the last handful of years, mm-hmm. uh, especially since COVID and then like the lack of connection or being with people like, mm-hmm. um, at least in person, I've noticed my empathic abilities have started to amplify yeah. or just be much more precise or poignant. So it's, it's a balance. Like if I'm Absolutely. like, for example, literally just yesterday, I went out with some friends and we went to an arcade and there was, you know, a couple dozen people in the arcade and like loud noises and stuff. And like, after a couple hours, it was like, okay, I'm done. Oh like, yeah. I want to go home. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's exactly what this whole work is about. What I think most people are, are trying to talk about is like understanding who we are in different social situations mm. and that and as you know spiritual values are innate cultural values are not so we're always looking at those two things mm. and i and i did remember what i was going to say yes good <laughs> I had, to, I had to do that you you answered it and asked at the same time so we love i love that hearing that you're an introvert and you're an extrovert and but you're an ambivert perhaps um it, it's like I have found as a spiritual quote person. Oh, I'm sorry about the air quotes. I'm really into doing it right now. It's ridiculous. It's like, here are my bunny ears. Introverts perhaps are very powerful inside, have much more to share, and they need that medium. Extroverts perhaps need, you know, more boundaries or need that quiet time. I'm a super extrovert, by the way, actually. Um, But the reality is we're all unique and it's so interesting how this time, this pandemic and this like shift, which you could call many things, we'll call it that, but it's much more interesting than that. It's the dawn of the cusp of the age of Aquarius. It's AI coming to real life. It's so many things. It's as if all of the cool people are coming up and sharing who they are, especially the fact that most introverts are genius or awesome, you know what? And it's the extroverts coming in and being like, oh, yes, I am so amazingly sensitive and so psychic. I need more quiet. I need to funnel and harness my psychic energy. And that's one way of describing the different experiences that everyone is having. You know, my work is always to meet people where they are and support that. I believe your work is too. I genuinely believe everyone who is loving and caring is essentially trying to help move mankind forward. And mm-hmm. in some ways, right? In some ways mm-hmm. you could say, well, you don't have to do that, Jai, because God's going to do that. Obvi, like, and it's true. Karma is going to happen. The material modes of nature, the what we call in yoga, the gunas, like passion mode or or ignorance all this external experience mood emotion um all the 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 sound that we're hearing all the information coming through the ethers we have to filter right we don't just have to filter we have to utilize it how are we going to harness it and not like in the big corporate way of i'm going to take all these people and harness their energy in some kind of evil yucky way although that's happening too so it's like 
it's a very interesting mix. The business world and the online entrepreneurship world with the spiritual world, with the re not religious, but human world, you know, of, yeah. of experiencing both. I think, I think that it, it goes back to what you were talking about with your soul to the soul mapping what, with all these conflicting, I guess, like things that are coming at us. It's so important to know yourself and know who you are and to spend time actually figuring that out. Because without that, like, you're kind of just going to be like a leaf in the wind. It's like, you're going to see something. And I think that's why, you know, like certain like news outlets and certain like social media outlets are so powerful because they prey on that ability to like, pe people don't really know who they are. They're going to listen to whatever we say. If we can stir up some type of emotion within them, they're going to like latch onto that because they want to be part of a group. They want to be part of a community. And it's like, you need to spend some time like thinking about who you are and what type of community you actually want to be a part of and like what you actually want to build in this world and have like a proactive, like, like you got like action towards it, you know? Cause I feel like if we talked about this in the podcast too, it's like, you can only be so like spiritual and think about things so much. Like there's going to have to be a point where you start to act on things. It's like, you, you don't want to just learn about all these things for spiritual entertainment. As like, Kev, I think you call it like that entertainment factor. It's like, if you're not actually synthesizing that information and like allowing it to change who you are or uncover who you really are and then actually do something with it, mm -hmm. it's, it's just entertainment at the end of the day. And so we harp on that a lot on this podcast. Whenever we go into teaching about something, it's like at the end of the episode, we're always like, please apply it. Like, please try it and see what happens because without that, it's going to be heady. It's never going to actually you know, get into the body. And again, like we are, we are spiritual, but we're also physical beings. Like we need to have that action piece to bring things into reality. Breaking it down. You're making it very clear. That's what I, that's it. And um, I really, so I got, when I came back from India this last time, uh, I haven't talked to you guys since then, but I brought my five-year-old finally to yes. my, my inner home world of Vrindavan. And we were there for a month and my God, everything went down crazy, broken limbs, all that stuff. She's fine. She, she's meant to be there, but like this world of devotional bhakti yoga, this world where all the devotees are together and they're coming to the Holy land every year at this time, my guru, when he was embodied, he did this thing called parikram 60 times for 60 years. And what's so wild is that, you know, we're looking at a microscopic or a view, right? Whatever our perception is of what a spiritual group is or what a spiritual practice practice is. And it's true. There are rules, regulations, and practices. There's sacred paraphernalia. There's pujas, there's ceremonies, there are mantras, there's language. All of this is real, but the embodiment of it is to take it out into the world, into the marketplace, as they would say, and utilize it. Mm -hmm. right? Like we know swearing. Okay. Swearing is like genius level, some of us. And we know um, there's many places where, so my mom will say, stop swearing. It's, it's beneath you. And I'm like, but fuck mom, sorry. You know, like <laughs> just did it. I trying, I'm trying, like I've been swearing since I was a little kid. That's her perception. Her perception from her baby boomer, awesome, classic mind is that's beneath you. Someone else is going to connect to that. Mm -hmm. So how do you bring it to life? How do you make it real? 
just like you said, it's so true. You have to practice. And that's where ritual comes into it. And that's why there's this first, second, and third level of everything. Meaning, I cannot, as you said, I'm saying the same thing you said in my way. I love the way you said it. It cannot just be intellectual. It's boring. After a while, even the devas in the heavenly realms who are experiencing the opposite of what you would say boring, this delicious bliss, they're going to go back to earth and they're going to want to learn something. So if you're too intellectual, you need a little more, you know, vibrancy and juice. You need more innocence. You need devotion. You need joy. And if you're way off the charts and have no boundaries and no ability to be clear and no ability to, you know, understand money as an energy or whatever it is, you need a little more of that. So my goal was always to embody both myself and then make that into an offering. And I didn't know that even though I've been soul mapping for a long time, I had a yoga studio, I've been te- you know, I certify teachers. You can like see yoga and say, oh yeah, that's Ashtanga yoga. Or you could say, oh yeah, that's, that's that. But having a new name for something is always like, what, what is it? So understanding packing and unpacking something like soul mapping or some new way to do something is, is very daring. Um, and and yet it's what everyone's wanting to do. So I'm happy. I'm I'm happy for the opportunity to even communicate that evolution of the soul. Cause that's really what it comes down to. And you guys are doing it through this podcast, through talking about science meeting spirituality, like the consciousness of the poignancy of life is that we feel emotions. And so we're not robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like when you live that way too, there's like, I think that that is true freedom as well. Like when you're living in accordance with like who you say that you are and like, you're actually thinking and acting in accordance with that because everything else, it's like, if you're not doing that and you're trying to, let's say, please someone else, you're trying to fit into some specific like mold or whatever, be a part of some community. It's like, you're always gonna have to be acting versus like just actually being who you are. And I think like, Again, if people don't spend the time to like figure out who they are, they're probably going to be acting some part their entire life. And it's like, it's kind of scary to be like, I want that ultimate freedom of like being who I am because you're gonna have to give up certain things too. It's like, Mm. maybe this isn't really who I am. Mm. So uh, I also wanted to make a comment about what you said as well about the the intellectual piece and just being too intellectual. Um, Like Jesus in the Bible talks about that a lot in like what, what, like what he sees with the Pharisees about them just acting out the things, but it's not actually changing their heart. So it's not, it's like, that's what he really cares about. And that's what a lot of spiritual teachers really care about. It's like, you can go, you can go to church, like you can go to yoga, you can do all the spiritual things, but if it's not actually changing who you are in your heart and you're bringing a new version of yourself out into the world, like you're really not, you're really not doing it. It kind of makes me cry. <laughs> right. Um, because Part of the reason I, I even say like, it's, it's like, I don't want to have a consciousness actually around. That's my irresponsibility. Like I, I like calling myself out. So that's part of the work. If my shadow work is to say, I don't want to have a consciousness around what I'm doing, then I'm not exactly being responsible, say as a teacher or as a leader or as a mother yoga, for example, when I came up as a teacher, 
everyone would do the sweaty yoga class. I'm not going to call anyone out. And then they'll go have like a burger, steak, beer, dinner. Now, it's hard because I I can't, I'm not going to sit and judge anyone about whatever they do. But just to understand, there are very few rituals or rules of any such thing. And in that one, it's these four principles of dharma. It's satya telling the truth. It's saucha having like a higher vision of something. It's ahimsa, nonviolence. And then it's tapasya, which means discipline. You know, it takes discipline, which is what you just said. So like, if, how do you talk about not being judgy and yet, calling out the thing, which is say vegetarianism or say not taking a shot or say not realizing that not everyone is the same realizing um, it's very hard. It's very hard. And this, the pandemic made it so blaringly obvious and yet blinded so many uh, humans completely again. And I think that's what I mean about, oh, yeah, thank God, like we're coming out again and the jewels are going to come out because you can have a sound bite and you can say a thing. This is what I hear you saying. doesn't mean you're walking the talk. Yes. And uh, but we're all humans. We're doing our best, too. But yeah. And I think I think the more that you again, like tying it back to the beginning of the podcast, when we were talking about um, like figuring out who you are as well, it's like and then being able to see that the other like if you're if you see yourself as a spiritual being you can see the spiritual being in others it's like you start to recognize real it's like you you can start to tell a little bit easier it's like this person's like like are they actually saying what they mean like it becomes easier to spot that when you're doing the internal work as well mm-hmm. um so that that like like that's what i found like and then once you go once you see something you can't see it it's like so hard to like kind of go back into the illusion <laughs> um can't go back yeah once yeah. you see it, you see it. Once you feel it, you feel it. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to also talk about something that you said earlier, and just maybe if you can explain it a little bit more um, about having a consciousness around things. Mm. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember like what you were I talking do. about exactly there, like because that was interesting to me. Yeah. So I had another... Um, I guess you might call it... I don't know if you call it Dark Night of the Soul but awakening, right? So I, I was, I was uh, in leading a, a workshop or in some gr- a group in recently, and we were talking about, you know, that what I would call your core desire or your, you know, way, your true essence or personality. Um, and uh, my friend's son, who's Sunny, so awesome. He's doing this awesome course right now. And he's got all these entrepreneurs in there and he's very real. He's very real AF. That's why I like him. My, one of my team members said, go get on there and see what he's doing. So cool. Um, and he calls it your unique differentiator. So what is the thing about you that's so unique? And, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm, I teach radical honesty and I, I have a very extreme life. I don't expect anyone to live like me. I don't expect anyone to die almost as many times or to, you know, get pregnant at 41 or go to India all the time or, you know, whatever. We all do the things that make us uh, have our stories and make us unique. But starting over again is something that I do talk about and teach. It's like a re-identification. So like this whole process of soul mapping, it's like, your radical honesty, 
leads to understanding whatever your spiritual blueprint for living is, right? And then you're going to make choices. You're going to have boundaries, but you need to transcend those boundaries. You need to go into the rituals that work for you. And then you need to, you know, expand into that. And in the end, you'll serve, you'll share, you repeat. And then you're going to go right back to the beginning, right back. The Bible is going to talk about that. Veda is going to talk about that. So sometimes it's easier to be active. I'm ruled by Mars. I have a lot of goddess energy. And what happened for me during the pandemic is that I was going to go through this Phoenix rising period, which means that basically I was going to die or everything about me was going to die in essence again. And I was going to have to be reborn. I didn't know what that meant. Obvi. How do you know when you're in it? You don't. But what it meant was all the forms of the goddess, especially the ones I'm afraid of, mm. especially because I was a new mom, I'm going through keeping my daughter safe and homeschooling and not going along with all the shenanigan that's going on, which is a whole other. We talked a little bit about that last time, you know, just like, you know, people are dying, like people in my business are, are, are or, you know, business are evolving and learning and I want to be this educator and I want to be honest but honestly I was afraid of really going out like really being taken out so that part of the goddess that's the destructive part the fire part the Kali part like the rawr part that was meeting the good mother that was meeting the soft energy that was be meeting the the wife which is also then going to have to meet the calm business entrepreneurial mom boss part in the maintenance. That was a convergence that was going to have to take some, some cycle of dying, to be honest. And it did, but I kind of, and I lost my, my voice a little. And the reason I did, you could say lost your mojo. You could say lost your voice. I guess I thought I stopped doing everything. People were like, you didn't stop, but I thought so. It meant having a consciousness around or of myself, of my business that, you know, I, I was branding before it was a thing. So I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was marketing. I was a yogi. I didn't, you know, you're just like doing the thing and you're embodied and you're making it happen. And I didn't have a consciousness around it. And that's what I mean by having to stop and literally, I mean, I bought a home in the forest, up in the mountains, but not really like putting it together. Like, Johnny, that's why you did that. I'm an extrovert. I want to be out. I want to be in the party. I want to be running around. Nope. It's like, what did it mean to go to the forest? What did it mean to really focus? That was like soul scraping. Very uncomfortable. And part of that was to become the witness become the beginner again, really see all the different parts of my life, and then bring it together for a new offering. That's what I meant by that. It feels like it keeps coming back to the foundation of soul of like who you really are. And I think that's important. Or just even an example, which I appreciate you sharing that part of your story. Because it's not, I imagine it was not fun, not easy. <laughs> not does not feel good, you know, because it's all the parts of our humanness that we often latch onto or feel like, oh, that's who I am and create an identity around when yes. it's not who we really are, which it's beautiful, which again, it's, 
in the in in it or on the surface it seems really <laughs> challenging or difficult or ter- terrible even sometimes but it's yeah. actually in the deepest sense a beautiful process yeah it's believing the lie mm. i believe the lie myself i had to go through that even though i've been teaching that and can right. represent it and offer it in all these different ways none of us are going to escape the thing that didn't change was my identity as a soul my identity as um, I love my blood family, but being my Guru Dave's darling daughter and being a representative of this lineage and also what that means. There were so many women who are from spiritual families and just saying they need support. They need help because all these things that I didn't want to look at that that I just could like patriarchy, like pff, patriarchy, like what does that mean? That's because I'm very blessed to have been born in a really awesome family and got a lot of intellect, uh, a lot of education, a lot of love. You know, my, my husband, my beloved husband, he didn't exactly get the same. We have to constantly have a consciousness with each other and communicate that uprising of ourselves as souls. And that means we're tethered to something. Like when you know you're a soul, and you know who you are, you're tethered to something that will not leave. It is not a cultural issue. It's a soul identification. It's a relationship with something as a soul. That makes life a lot better. Yes. That I appreciate you sharing that because that uh, feels very at home, uh, hitting home for me. Because just last night I was, uh, uh, feeling a lot of anxiety yesterday and the day before, I know a part of it was of me just allowing myself to be sucked into social media for some hours. And sure. so, but like I was talking with my my wife and she supported me so beautifully and just giving me space mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. and then to reconnect with me and who I really am beyond then just the scattered mind or the human condition that I'm dealing with up until now. Like it's beautiful. I, I wouldn't, have it any other way. And I'm so grateful that I have that kind of connection. I think that is even what we're here and meant to do for each other. It sounds like you're saying. We are, I never can tell anyone who they are. And I will never say I am guru because guru means, but guru means from dark to light. You know, it means someone who really brings you from ignorance. Jesus is guru. Buddha is guru. The Vedas are guru. The Bible or the Quran or whatever it is that works for someone embodied is the teacher in the moment. So uh, knowing your map understanding the blueprint of who you are. Look, are you, it's like, I, here's a question. Have you ever sat in a yoga class, right? Or after a class? And I don't know what it is for you, Chris and Kev, like you guys are different beings, but, and you like go out of your body and you're just like seeing things. Does it ever happen where you're like seeing maps and grids or you're making dots and connecting? You're just like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. hundred percent. I've, yeah, I've had I've never had the experience of actually seeing things, but I've had the experience of like after like a meditation or after like a nice walk in like the forest or like a, a hike like with like my dog and my girlfriend or like after a yoga class where like you can tell it's like this like visceral feeling that I'm not just this here, like I'm connected to something else. Like I felt that before where it's like, all right, this is something bigger. Yep. You felt that too, right? Yes. Sure. Yeah. 
So I started feeling that when I was, you know, we all feel that when we're very little in different ways. But that moment after a class, when I was like, I don't know what age, when I didn't realize what it was yet, I didn't know what astral traveling was yet. I didn't understand that I was like leaving my body a bit, which is not all yoga. It's just a part of it. I was like, oh yeah, there's a map, there's a universe. It's already there. So why am I not tapping into it? I think the difference is that people, as they go along, who tap into it, who really genuinely want to do it for the right reasons, which means mm. to help people further themselves along as souls and not as commodities. That's truly the difference and that we can all tap into that. So my work is to figure out how Kevin is going to see his soul map in a way that is going to help him link up all the things, whether it's from the outside in or from the inside out, because everybody's psychic. Like newsflash, everybody is psychic. And we all have to funnel that, whether it's because we feel it, that could be your ADHD, that could be your whatever that extrasensory thing is. And then some of us are like doing math and on the paper really focused and everything is like so clear and so there. However, those feedback loops are going in our brain, introvert or extrovert, loving roller skating or bike riding or only wanting to be on the computer and engineering or architecting, whatever it is, outside, inside. We have a soul map. We have a blueprint. And so the purpose of being here on earth is to figure out how to feel good with that understanding. But for me, it's also serving the divine. I want to do it in service. I don't want to just enjoy for myself. I really do want to do it in service. But, you know, most people just want to enjoy, and that's okay, too. <laughs> right. That, well, that, go ahead, Chris. Well, I was going to say that, that that explanation that you just gave, I mean, Kev, that sounds exactly like what you do with coaching. It's it's like, it's like everyone's got ways. that, like, you know, regardless if you believe it or not like everyone has obviously us three like we believe it, we felt it like have that connection to the divine something bigger than ourselves and it's like mm -hmm. how do you access that in life and it sounds like it's like doing the things that you love that you are put here to do in service of others is what brings you closer to that connection mm -hmm. and kev that's exactly what you help clients do 100 percent. 100 percent makes me think of, um, I mean, you've said this already, Jayashree, a couple of times in this episode so far that we all have a unique, again, blueprint or we're all unique in ways. I think of this is the, the science of it in terms of our human body and our physiology. Every single one of us has a unique thumbprint. I took a short semester class in, totally. in criminal justice. Chris <laughs> was in St. Francis Prep. And we uh, we got the opportunity that to class actually too? like, yeah, of course. That's like the that was like the best class I took in high school. It was so much fun. And like, we got to blue, like take our, our fingerprint and like literally look at the, the deeper ways of how each one of us is unique and just a thumbprint. Ugh. I also believe we have a soul print. Totally. That's unique. Totally. Now, not to ruin the amazing memory, but <laughs> this is how most people, a lot of people will think. And this is what I don't like about who, in some ways who I've become about this consciousness we were talking about. Now I'm like, okay, but who took that soul print and did they sell it? And did mm. they give it to, God damn it. I don't want to 
think about that stuff. It's so like unfortunate, but in some ways that is what happened. It was like, like the wah, 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 you know, sure. that's, that's where intellect goes off the rails mm. when it's like devoid of emotion, devoid of innocence, right? I'm just throwing this out for fun. This is why it's so fun to be, this is why like uh, good podcasts are so fun, which, you know, this might seem not fun. It may seem fun. I'm sure. It's my fault today, but uh, if it's contrary, it's so interesting, isn't it? It's like, but I don't want to always be thinking about the negative. And that was not who I was, but eventually adding in a little bit more of that discernment, mm. aka boundaries, super helpful. And I'm sure that's that's like what so many mentors and coaches are doing. They're bringing in the other part of mm. that person's blueprint in humanity so that you can be, you know, the most cohesive, conscious light worker or healer or leader or parent right well it sounds like calling back your own power because like it has been taken diverted from what actually is you know your your connection or consciousness of it like it's not just so it's not just an intellectual idea like we just said i love it and i was just going to ask you like so where do you think it the question becomes like does it even matter in an intellectual conversation? So where does power come from? And you can start talking about it and going really deep into it. Or you can say, so how do you feel it? Mm. Right? It's all about the question. It's, it's so like, and then how do you do it? And right there, you know, that's like the secret to any good course or any good teaching. You want to have all three levels. You want the what. You want the why, you want the how. That's why there's, you know, it's it's just such a it's so it's so interesting. But what do you guys think power is? It's mm, a good question. Personally, for me, it comes down to attention. Because mm. where are there's I forgot who said this quote, but it's just brilliant that where attention goes, energy flows, and energy mm. is power. And when we give more attention to things that are more outside of us in a, in a a giving that power away of like, oh, like I, that person or that, uh, that book or that, um, I don't know, even organization is like, oh, they have the answer and I'm powerless. Like I Mm. can't, you know, be my authentic self without them. Like that's, that's the attention out versus the attention in, which it's kind of funny. And it's very um, nuanced there. It's like, you can absolutely have that power within the attention within and still then connect with the book, the teacher, the organization in ways that empower you even more, but it's just, Beautiful. that's at least from my point of view. I, love I, have, it. I have like something to add to that. that. Cause again, like the, the attention piece is like awesome. And like, mm-hmm. for me, like when I, when I thought about it, it's like, what is power for me? It's like presence. Yeah. It's like, like being fully present in what you're doing. And again, that goes along with the attention. Cause like, if you're fully present in what you're doing, your attention is completely focused on the thing that you're doing. And like, when you're in that presence of like, and it's very hard to be like, live in that space of like the now where you're mm-hmm. not really like influenced by your past. You're not really influenced by your future. You're just taking things as they are right now. Mm-hmm. Like that will actually allow you to act like in connection with the divine. And I think that's like, what power is and it's mm. so difficult in today's day and age to act like that on a consistent basis because we're being pulled everywhere love all it. the time yeah so good you guys i love it 
I agree with everything you're saying. And, and that's, for me, that's the difference between cultural norms and spiritual values. Because if we're a soul, that means you're literally made of the same thing that the divine is. And that's the only time it's going to be interesting to talk about either religion or spiritual paths, right? Because if my, and this is what everyone's fighting about, but I agree with you, it's attraction. Like Krishna is all attractive. Krishna, the masculine godhead in Veda, in yoga, and all the different, you know, which you could just say Jesus, or you could say many different names for the avatar or the embodiment, right? But all attractive, all powerful, all auspicious, glory, like glory, every joke about God that there is, is because it's true that it's funny. It's all real. It's all good. So if we're made in that image, that means we are power, or at least we can turn on power, or at least we're the seed potentiality of power, right? And it's true, like wherever your attention goes, it, you know, power flows, manifest flows. So maybe it's like there's when we put people on pedestals or we put some ideal on a pedestal and set, this is what I'm thinking, we separate from it, then our attention goes to the thing instead of to ourselves, right? And it's like, well, why is that a problem? It's only a problem if you can't get shit done. Right. It's only a problem if you ignore your kid. It's only a problem if you poison yourself so much. That it's or if you yell at someone else because they're not doing what you want them to do. So it all comes back to this, these ideas of dharma or purpose. That's why it's so cool to have a system. That's why it's so cool to have a soul mapping, which is coming from yoga or coming ashtanga, or it's coming from whatever you like. I like Veda because my intellectual side will never be bored. And then the embodiment part of singing and dancing and eating and laughing is like always good. Mm. It's always good. It's very, very interesting though about the introversion and extroversion. People I'm like, I was going to say, I have so many things to say, but like, I'm like, Sam. Checking, I, I'm like checking the time and I'm like, oh, I don't uh, want to talk about this because then it's going to be another 20 minutes. <laughs> a year ago, we said the same thing. We're yeah. like, we're going to have to do this again, yeah. which here we are, which yeah. is great to have this other conversation. Now, I appreciate that how many different paths we've walked in just this conversation. Mm. And I appreciate you sharing or just speaking to these different things, which I think are mm. so important. And like you said, it's like so much more, or Chris, that like you said, you can so much more talk about each of these, but yeah, honestly, <laughs> For, for how much we have covered. I'm like, all right, where do we go from here to actually bring it for a close? Um, if there's any, which actually it doesn't have to be a neatly tied bow to like end off the conversation. But um, I do want to ask this, Jayashree, that when it comes to having that spiritual blueprint, not only for yourself, but then also for those fulfilling relationships, like we talked about a handful of times throughout this conversation, mm -hmm. if you could give, because as we Chris shared, we'd love to have a grounded point or Hey, like if you're listening to this, here's what you could do. I know, and we'll give you space to share like some way that people can connect with you if they resonate with you and your teaching style and feel a spark to connect with you to have that uh, relationship develop so that you can help them. I have that to share, but any, like, what would you say is like a first step or action or a tip, a 
tool, something that someone could use mm -hmm. more practically or grounded? The easiest thing, of course, is to take a breath first and foremost and exhale. Never fails. Because that leads you into feeling. I think mostly what we're afraid of is emotion. So tune into what you are experiencing, even if it's negative. And then understand that that desire you had when you were small, when you're in that place of expansion, when you're feeling good, that exists inside of you, right? It's not just a neural pathway. It's not just an issue in your tissue. It's literally in your DNA and in your soul. It's what your soul is meant to serve. That is an emotion. And that is the key to understanding your mood. And relationship is all about mood. So then you'll find tools to practice the rituals that help you lead to the mood that you want to radiate. It starts with a breath. It starts with feeling. And that's probably going to bring something deep, but you got to start there. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause especially again, for how long and just depth in depth we went in this conversation, like sometimes it could be difficult to like, really like bring it into a point, but that was on point. Thank you. Jai. Jai means victory. Thank you guys. It was beautiful spending time with you. As always, yes. yes. Well, we'll look forward to another conversation. I'm sure that'll Thank be happening you. soon. Absolutely. Different day, different mood, different topic. Right. So tell me tell just really quick before we close out, then where can people find you? And we'll put the details in the show notes. Well, I'm excited to announce that we have a new community on Soul Culture Circle. This has been coming for years. It's like taking the, the yoga school and the certifications and the soul mapping mentorship, but bringing it to community to really have conversations. And right now it's free. Um, we'll start doing a bit of a membership in March. So you can go to jayshriyoga.com always and just click on, you know, the soul culture circle. Um, but it's hosted on soulculturecircle.so. And uh, I'm really excited share more workshops and do this mentorship program and make it more accessible for everybody. It's nothing to lose. Jaishriyoga.com. Beautiful. We'll include that in the links or the link in the description of this episode. So thank you again. It's awesome conversation, having this connection with you and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you guys. Beautiful conversation. Thank you. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.